Well, it is Easter Sunday. And normally I would say, as I look out in this building, why aren't you here? But this year you get a pass. But it is Easter Sunday. And let me just go ahead and tell you, you don't want to miss next Sunday because we're going to do something we've never done before, but we felt like we really should in these times we're living in. We're asking you to send in any question you have. It can be about any topic you want to ask. And you can go on our website, www.crosspointchurch.com, and there will be a place there where you can go and you can send us your questions. Uh, Pastor Chad and I are going to be on the stage, and we're going to be taking questions as you send them in. And we're going to do our best to give you the answers that uh, you'll be looking for. But anyway, it's a great Easter. And the reason I know that is because I'm reminded again, as you are, that Jesus Christ has been risen from the dead. Now, having said that, we all know a term now that we had never even heard of just a few months ago. It's now one is known that is worldwide, and frankly, we'll never forget it, even though we'd like to. You know what the word is? Kids know what it is. Little children know what it is. It is coronavirus. Yes, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes. I used to hear my parents talk about going through the Great Depression, but they never went through the social, personal, commercial isolation that we're going through right now. I mean, you think about it. In the Great Depression, People could go out, but they couldn't find work. Now, people can work, but they can't go out. And in these times, I know that people honestly are not looking for, you know, one of these rah-rah, go get them speeches or just a positive thinking platitude or something like that. And to be more blunt, I realize that people want more than just another sermon. I'll tell you the number one thing that people are looking for, hungry for, thirsting for, begging for and even dying for. You know what that is? Hope. That's what we're all looking for, hope. And I can understand that. Hope is not only one of the most powerful words in the English language, it really is one of the most powerful forces on the planet. One of my heroes is Winston Churchill. He recognized how powerful hope can be. For those of you that don't know your history, he was the prime minister of England during probably the darkest hours in that nation's history during World War II. When the war was over, he was being interviewed by a reporter, and he asked the Prince uh, Winston Churchill, he said, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, looking back on it, what was your greatest personal weapon? What was the country's greatest weapon that you used against the Nazi regime, against the most powerful army at that time in the world? Without even pausing, here's what Churchill said. It was what England's greatest weapon has always been, hope. You know what? That may be still our greatest weapon today. And I can say without deliberation, equivocation, or hesitation, there's never been a greater time to celebrate Easter. And there's never been a greater Easter to celebrate. And let me tell you why. If Easter is true, if Jesus is alive, if he was raised from the dead, then not only do we have hope, not only do we have the best hope, can I be honest? We have the only hope for not just our past, not just our present, but also for our future. You know why I know that? Because only a risen Lord can take care of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. There is a letter that is in the New Testament. It was written by a man named Peter. Peter was one of the 12 disciples. He was an eyewitness to the resurrection. As a matter of fact, he literally gave his life for what he believed in, and he preached the resurrection of Jesus until his last 
bread. And he wrote this letter. It's got his name. It's called First Peter. And in this chapter, the first chapter of First Peter, he tells us that the resurrection of Jesus gives the entire world hope in any situation. So I want to say to all of you who are watching right now, and you're a believer. If you're not a believer, thank you for watching especially. But you are a believer in the resurrection. You are a believer in the resurrected Lord. Hear me clearly. We may feel helpless, but we are never hopeless. There is a sure hope we have as believers, first of all, for our past. You say, I need hope for the past? Yes, let me tell you why. Peter says, God has given us spiritual life. Think about that. God has given us spiritual life. Now, Peter is writing to a group of Christians. They're, they're scattered throughout various regions of, of, the, of Asia and, and Asia Minor, and they're under tremendous persecution for their faith. Some are in prison. Some are being beaten. Some are even being killed. As a matter of fact, according to church tradition, even Peter himself was crucified upside down. And he writes these great words to these persecuted Christians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a, now listen to these three words, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We don't have just a hope. Peter said we have a living hope. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, this is not an ordinary hope. It's not a hope like, I, I hope to win the lottery, or I hope to get a date with that cheerleader, or I hope I aced that test even though I didn't even study for it. That's just wishful thinking. I, I read about a second grade teacher who was teaching her class vocabulary. And, and she said, can somebody give me the definition of hope? And one little boy raised his hand and he said, yes, ma'am. Hope is wishing for something you know ain't going to happen. Well, that's not the kind of hope that Peter is talking about. He's talking about a living hope that never dies and a living hope that can never fail. Now, we're told that's true because the greatest hope anybody could ever have is the hope that there's life after death, that the hope that, that there's more to this life than this life. And really, that's all the hope that we need. I learned the other day, and some of you may know this if you served in the, in the Air Force, but the United States Air Force trains its soldiers to memorize two numbers so that they can survive during a time of crisis. The first number is a number you'll recognize. It's 98.6. You know what that is. That is your optimum core body temperature. Here's what they teach their soldiers. If your temperature goes below 88, you can't think clearly. When it drops below 82, you're toast. So they teach them if you are stranded or if you're in a bad situation, whatever else you do, the first thing you've got to do, you've got to stay warm. You've got to keep that core body temperature up. That's the first number, 98.6. The other number is three. Now that's a little bit more complicated. Matter of fact, it's called the rule of three. And here's what the Air Force says. You can survive three weeks without food, unless you're addicted to McDonald's. You can survive three weeks without food, three days without water, three hours without shelter in extreme conditions, three minutes without air, three seconds without hope. That is so true. 
You just can't get by without hope. And so Peter says, hey, we've got a hope, but it is a living hope that will never die through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because through that resurrection and faith in that risen Lord, Peter says, we've been given a new birth. We've been given a new beginning. We've been given a new life. That means, and I talked about this last week if you saw the message, the moment you are born again, the moment you receive this new birth, your slate is wiped clean. Past sins, present sins, future sins are under God's forgiveness. Now, I want you to draw in real close. I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. Every human being that's ever been born, every human being was meant to have two births. We were born spiritually, uh, physically, we were born physically so that we might be born again spiritually. We were born once, but we were meant to be born twice. What's the difference? The first birth places us into a human family. The second birth places us into a heavenly family. And you notice what Peter said? He said, this new birth has been given to us once and for all. He said, God has given us. The tense of that Greek means it's already done. It's in the past. He has given us. So let me give you an example. How many times do you have to be born physically? You say, well, once. Well, how many times do you have to be born again spiritually? Once. So once you are born again, you never have to be born again. So do you realize the hope that ought to be in you, the hope that you ought to have. Because here's what happens. When God gives you this new birth and you are born again, you're born spiritually, three things occur. Number one, God forgives your sin. We've already talked about that, but there's more. God adopts you into his family, but there's more. God becomes your father. And the reason why we can trust God for today and tomorrow is because of how he changed our life yesterday. So if you're a believer, here's the good news. You don't have to worry about the past. You don't have to worry about anything you've ever done in the past, all the wrong things you've ever done, because God has given you spiritual life. Now, here's the question I want you to ask yourself right now, and there's no need to lie about it because it's not gonna help you to lie anyway. Here's the question you need to ask yourself right now. Has God given me that spiritual life? Have I been born again? Have I only been born once or have I been born twice? Because let me tell you something. You better be born twice because if you've only been born once and you die that way, you will wish you'd never been born at all. <clears throat> God has given us spiritual life. That's for our past. But because of the risen Lord, God takes care of our present. Because not only has God given us spiritual life, watch this. God is guarding us in our personal life. God is guarding us in our personal life. <clears throat> the moment that we receive spiritual life, God gives us this new birth. God gives us that new beginning. All right, then what happens? Here's what happens. You ready? God takes over. God goes to the first seat of the, of the airplane. God takes the steering wheel. God takes control. And this is what God does because of our faith. Now listen, this is so exciting. Who through faith, faith in who? The risen Lord. Who through faith are shielded 
by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We are shielded. Get that in your mind, shielded. That is a military term. It literally means, this word shielded, it literally means to be guarded by a garrison of soldiers. In other words, here's what Peter says. If you are a believer, you're guarded by God's power. Wait a minute. So what kind of power is he talking about? Buckle your seatbelt. He's talking about the power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. In other words, the same power that was used to bring the body of Jesus back to life is now the same power that guards our bodies in this life. It is that power that keeps us safe and secure. So if you ever doubt God's power to protect you, just think about the power that raised Jesus from the dead. So let me ask you a question. Think about, just think about that word power. Can you think of any greater power than resurrection power? For example, we would say today, well, the greatest human power, I guess, in the world right now is atomic power or nuclear power. Okay, let's take that power. The greatest power human beings possess on their own is what? It is the power to kill. But the power to raise someone from the dead is even greater than that. And those of us who have placed our faith in the risen Lord, we are under heaven's lock and key. We're protected by the most efficient security system available in all of the universe. You know what's really amazing? We live under the protection of God every single day. Don't even know it. So what do you mean? Well, if you're like me, you're fascinated by space travel. I've always wondered what it would be like to go to the moon or go to Mars or something like that. But have you ever thought about the fact that, wonder why these astronauts that go up into outer space and they do these spacewalks, you ever thought about why do they have to wear these meticulously engineered and designed spacesuits? Well, you say, well, because they've they've got to breathe because there's not oxygen up there. Well, it's more than that. Once you venture beyond Earth's atmosphere and magnetic field, there is a nuclear army out there just waiting to ambush you and destroy you in a second. There are two major enemies in space, radioactive particles and waves that come from cosmic rays and solar radiation. I know this gets a little complicated, so just stay with me. Radioactive particles are generated by the explosions of supernovas and giant stars that are going on all the time. They're composed of hydrogen, helium, and iron. And when they explode, they release protons and alpha rays at nearly the speed of light. They are so powerful, they could destroy the entire population of planet Earth in a microsecond. The other source of deadly radiation is something that we see every day. It's the sun. It's sunshine. Do you know what sunshine is? It is the result of an ongoing thermonuclear reaction that creates a solar flare that releases protons at 10 million times the rate of what we call a solar wind. If just one of those, just one, ever, ever arrived at planet Earth and came to planet Earth, guess what? There wouldn't be any more planet Earth. We would literally disintegrate. Now, I just told you these things happen all the time. Supernovas explode all the time. These thermonuclear explosions on the sun, they occur all the time. But we don't know it. Don't pay any attention to it. We've never been exposed to any of those things. Do you know why? because we have an invisible force field. It's known as the planet's environmental shield. 
Planet Earth is surrounded by a gas-filled atmosphere that is ringed by a two-part magnetic field called the inner and outer Van Allen belt, which basically forms an obstacle course, and it only allows light from the sun, light from the moon, and just enough ultraviolet rays where we can get a good suntan when we go to the beach, all because of this God-created protective shield. But it's better. I want you to listen to a real-life story from the Stowe family. They attend our Mill Creek campus. I just want to warn you, you're about to hear one of the unbelievable, most absolutely motivating testimonies you've ever heard by a family who experienced firsthand the protection of God in their family. Watch it with me. My name is Kaylin Stowe. I'm married to Dylan Stowe. We have two little boys. Uh, Tucker is three years old and Griffin is one. Um, Griffin was born with Down syndrome and a critical heart defect. Uh, that almost took him away from us. When I was pregnant, um, as any pregnancy at 20 weeks, they do an anatomy scan where they found something was wrong with Griffin, but they didn't tell me what. Um, through lots of tests, we found out that he needed heart surgery right after birth. We definitely believed in God, but we weren't at the place in the space to really process what we were about to go through. Of course, we prayed. We actually, that's when our journey with Crosspoint began. We had some friends that invited us to the marriage um, series that Dr. Merritt did two summers ago, and that's when we started. And that's when we decided that we were gonna turn this to God and give him all of our faith, everything that we had in us, and that's when our lives honestly changed. He had heart surgery at four weeks old. At the 24-hour mark after surgery, uh, Griffin got very critical and his heart stopped, and people came rushing in. They did CPR on him for 40 minutes before they put him on um, life support. Day three, they told us that um, the only thing they could do was to do another heart surgery that he wasn't ready for. That was his only option. That next morning, we were leaving to go to that surgery. Griffin started having seizures, and they told him that he wasn't fit for surgery and that they didn't have any other options for him, so. He stayed on life support, and um, the next day, they told us that they had no hope for him to make it through, and um, we just prayed. It's the only thing you could do in that situation was pray. The next day they decided to take him off life support and just see what happens. The fear, I guess, is easy to take control of you um, in this situation. Why God, why me, why, why, why my baby out of all the babies, why? Um, so we were downstairs eating breakfast and we got a call saying that we're gonna take the sedation off of Griffin. So up until this point, he's been fully paralyzed, fully asleep, he has not breathed on his own, he's not, his heart's not beating on its own, nothing, he hasn't moved. Um, we go upstairs, come to his bedside, I start talking to him, and um, he opens up his eyes, um, still groggy. So I grab his hand to see, at this point, we don't know if he has brain damage from the seizures. They were happening every five minutes at that point. Um, he grabbed my hand, he squeezed it, and then he <laughs> looked up at me and Dylan and gave us a smirk, like, haha, mom and dad, like, I'm here. And um, 
that just literally it changed our lives. Yeah, it was definitely a comfort having Crosspoint there through the whole process. Pastor Chad came up to Eggleston where we lived for six months several times um, to check in on us and pray with us and just let us know that the whole church was praying for us. They were keeping them updated with every new update we had about Griffin and we absolutely felt that every day, just that we had that support. Having back, being backed up into a corner and not knowing where to turn other than to above and to God and he brought our boy back to us. And Griffin now has had his heart fully repaired. We waited six months for him to grow and be strong and now he's thriving and being the best little baby that he could be and you would never even know that he was almost taken from us and it's all glory to God. Well, I want to say to Kaylin, to you and your entire family, a shout out to you for your faith, for your trust, and uh, what a beautiful, beautiful baby boy. What a beautiful picture. And I want you to listen to this. When you commit your soul and your eternal destiny to God, He is able to care for it. He is able to guard it. He is able to protect it today with the shield of resurrection power that is guarding our personal life. But there's one last thing. That's for our present. We've seen about the past. What about the future? What's this? Peter says God will guide us to eternal life. He doesn't just give us spiritual life. He doesn't just guard us in our personal life. He will guide us to eternal life. God takes care of our past by giving us the spiritual life, our present by guarding our personal life. But now he says, what about your future? He says, listen, what about eternal life? We've been born into God's family. God is our father. He has an inheritance for his children. So eventually, Peter says, we will enter into an inheritance. That's what we've got waiting on us. That can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. We have an inheritance. And by the way, I love what he says about that inheritance. It is kept in heaven for you. And by the way, it's not just about heaven. It's not just heaven. He says, this inheritance is in heaven. Well, if our inheritance is more than heaven, what is it? It's God himself. Oh yeah, we're gonna spend eternity in heaven, but wait a minute, gotta be clear here. Heaven's not for everybody. The inheritance is not for everybody. Peter says, this inheritance is for you. Who are the you? The you are those who have received spiritual life. The you are those who have been born again. The you are those who have experienced spiritual life. See, to get into heaven, you've got to have a reservation. And that reservation can only be made in the name of the risen Lord Jesus. It amazes me. It blows my mind how people think they can do their own thing, live their own lives, go their own way, call their own shots, and then just show up at heaven's door and knock and say, oh, okay, God, by the way, uh, I'm here. Open up. Now, I want to say something as gently but as firmly as I can. If you think you can bypass Jesus, if you think you can live your life your way, if you think you can ignore the risen Lord and still get into the presence of God, I'm just going to be very honest. You are either incredibly arrogant or you are indisputably ignorant.
Because only God's children are allowed into God's house. And once you've been given this spiritual life, once you become a child of God, you are guaranteed to get in. I mean, absolutely. You know why? Because God honors every reservation made in the name of his son. This is a reservation that can never be canceled. It's kept in God's safety deposit box that no one but he can ever open. And I love what Peter says about this inheritance. He says, it can never perish, spoil, or fade. In other words, nothing can destroy it. Nothing can defile it. Nothing can displace it. In a study of wealthy families, the Williams Group wealth consulting firm found, now listen to this, 70% of well-to-do families, 70% lose their wealth by the second generation. 90% lose it by the third generation. Well, not this inheritance. Once you have it, you can never lose it. You can never waste it. You can never dissipate it. It is yours forever. So we've got a hope, a living hope for our past, for our present, for our future, only for one reason, because of a risen Lord Jesus. So let me wrap this up. There are two places in the universe where there is no hope. One is hell. We don't hear much about hell, but Jesus talked more about hell than any other subject. You know why there's no hope in hell? Because if you go to hell, there is no hope. The other place where there is no hope is in heaven. Because when you get to heaven, there's no need for hope. And the beautiful thing is, when you know that your tomorrow is taken care of, listen to this. When you know your tomorrow is taken care of, you can handle the troubles of today. God's bigger than the virus. The church is bigger than the virus. God's word is bigger than the virus. A risen Lord is bigger than the virus. Our faith is bigger than the virus. And if you know tomorrow is taken care of, you can handle the troubles of the day. You can handle the heartaches of earth if you know you have a home in heaven. So I'll say it again. We may feel helpless, but we're not hopeless. And I declare to you today on this Easter Sunday. Jesus Christ is alive. I say it again. Jesus Christ is alive. And because of that living hope that is immune to every disease, impervious to every threat, it is a hope that never dies. Jesus is not just our best hope. He is our only hope. And we have this hope through a resurrected Lord. Now, here's the thing. Listen carefully. This is big on my heart. You're sitting there saying, boy, thank God for Easter. Pastor, I'm one of those people. I've got that spiritual life. God's given me. God is guarding me in my personal life. God is going to guide me to eternal life. I'm one of those people. Listen to me carefully. Don't you keep this hope to yourself. Do not, in this day and age, in these difficult times in which we're living, do not keep that hope to yourself. Let me tell you what I want you to do. Let's live hope and give hope. Let's live hope and let's give hope. How do you do that? We have a webpage that has some very practical ideas for being hope and giving hope to your neighbors, to your friends, to your one. You can do all of these from your home, every one of them. We've set this up for you. All you've got to do is go to www.livehopegivehope.org. 
www.livehopegivehope.org and let's spread the hope of a risen Lord that needs it more than ever. Would you pray with me right now? And please don't turn that computer off. Don't get off that cell phone just yet. Don't get off your TV. This is Easter Sunday. And every time we celebrate this, it reminds, I hope the world, but especially you, you got to make a decision. It is the biggest decision any human being ever has to make, ever. It's very simple. Either Jesus Christ was raised from the dead or he wasn't. And I say this to everybody. If you don't believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, I don't care what you believe. It doesn't matter. I defy anybody to show me any lasting meaning in life if Jesus Christ is still dead. But if he's alive, that's the ball game. He is alive. Have you accepted him? Have you trusted him? Has he given you that spiritual life? Have you been born twice? If not, what a great time to do it like Easter Sunday. You can do it right now. Would you like to experience that new birth right now? Then just do this. Just, just right now, say to God, Dear Lord, I've been born once. I want to be born twice. I've been born physically. I want to be born spiritually. Lord, I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're alive right now. I'm receiving this moment, your gift of spiritual life. I'm receiving that new birth right now. I'm accepting by faith that you've adopted me into your family, that God, you are now just not my creator. You are my father. I repent. I turn away from my sins. And I give you my vow today that I'm going to live the rest of my life by your strength and your power for you. Now listen to me. If you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to do me a favor right now. Please do this. I want you to go to www.crosspointchurch.com forward slash decision. That's www.crosspoint with an E, church.com forward slash decision. I want you to go to that website, go to that site right there. And I just want you to say, hey, today I got my only hope. Today, I was born again. Today, I received Christ as my Lord. That's all. Let us hear from you. We will contact you by email or whatever uh, form that you want us to. And we've got some material we would love to send you free of charge that'll help you get you started in your walk with the Lord. If you've got a prayer request, if you'll just go to that website, we'll be more than happy to take them. And I promise you, we will pray over every one of them. Now, in just a moment, we're going to have one last song by our fantastic worship team. We're going to close out this Easter Sunday really worshiping our Lord together. But as we do, I want to leave you with this. We have a living hope through the risen Lord. Do not keep that hope to yourself. Let's live that hope. Let's give that hope to a world that now knows they need it more than ever.